This show is brought to you by Nice Mug. Nice Mug is the only mug made entirely out of ice. For more information, go to nicemug.com and enter the coupon code SAUNA for 10% off your entire purchase. Well, hey, everybody. This is Glenn at Sauna Times. And, uh, hey, Season 3 of Sauna Talk. Welcome. Uh, this guest uh, is no stranger to Sauna Talk and actually Sauna Times. John Peterson lives in Minneapolis, Minnesota, land of 612. Uh, real close buddy of mine. Great, great guy. A huge ambassador of sauna. And when we first heard John on Sauna Talk uh, from the bench at my cabin sauna, uh, we were in northern Minnesota to celebrate Sauna Day 2016. Uh, just out of Embarrass, Minnesota, uh, every year, early May. Still a little cold up there, but they have uh, Sauna Day up there as uh, the land of many Finnish immigrants. Uh, then we heard uh, from John, along with fellow 612 Sauna Society Steering Committee members, through a separate Sauna Talk episode. Um, at that time, we were gathered at JP's apartment to talk through what a member-operated sauna co-op in Minneapolis can look like and what that means to each of us on the steering committee that John handpicked as part of uh, an early tribe of folks to bring forth the 612 Sauna Society. So I'm happy to welcome John back to Sauna Talk uh, for part one of this two-part series. Um, the entire episode of this episode of Sauna Talk was recorded on the sauna bench inside the 612 Society Mobile Sauna, which has an extended residency outside the trailhead at Theaterworth Park in Minneapolis, Minnesota, USA. Whether you live in Minnesota or are visiting the great city of Minneapolis, imagine lacing up the cross-country skis uh, and trekking through groomed, heavily wooded, old-growth trails, a vibe that's more akin to 218, northern Minnesota area code, uh, than uh, 612, the Minneapolis area code. Yet as you make your way around a turn and then look up, bam, you're faced with a breathtaking view of the Minneapolis skyline. So I've been left uh, breathless by this, uh, probably because I'm not in the best ski shape, but I like to think more breathless because I know of nowhere in the United States that offers such natural beauty and such urbanness all in one vista. Maybe San Francisco, you know, mere, mere woods, but a lot less people here in Minneapolis, especially on the ski trails. So back at the trailhead, I'd lean my skis against the 612 mobile sauna, strip down to my troxers, and then dump a bucket of ice cold water over my head, which I tend to do before uh, my sauna sessions, and boom, there I meet up with John uh, in the sauna changing room. So no formal hello is needed. I've known John for many years and a kindred spirit on so many levels. Uh, in this episode, we talk through our first meeting and how I helped him build his first mobile sauna, how we connected, and we talk through the origins of the 612 Sauna Society and his deep passion for bringing the benefits of sauna to more people. Note, same passion as me. JP has taken sauna dreaming to the next level, uh, the doing. So anyone interested in learning more about the, uh, you know, how the sauna experience is gaining steam here in North America, 
uh, need look no further than JP. So let's welcome JP to Sauna Talk. JP, a guy who has realized a dream, and I'm proud to share his dream. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to season three of Sauna Talk, uh, the podcast about sauna and most often recorded in the sauna. And this episode is no exception. I'd like to tee up where we are right now. Uh, we are in Minneapolis, Minnesota at the Trailhead, Theater Worth Park, Minneapolis. Uh, there's a chain of lakes. There's a whole series of, series of parks. And uh, the six, we're sitting in the 612 sauna. And it's right at the trailhead, which is a brand new state-of-the-art cross-country ski outdoor recreation center. Um, it was a capital campaign from the Loppet Foundation, which we'll chat a little bit about if we get to it. But I don't want to uh, chat too much. I mainly want to have my guests chat today. I'm a, I'm a big talker. I'm Italian. I can talk all day. But who do we have here? Uh, hey, I'm John. John Peterson. And John, where did you grow up? Uh, St. Cloud, Minnesota. Right on. And uh, can you tell us, uh, do you want to give an intro or do you want me to ask you a few questions? Uh, you want to give an intro to yourself? Or? Uh, no, go ahead. So um, you and I go way back, so it's a little dangerous for me to start asking, <laughs> asking you questions. Um, but I think it would be good maybe for the listeners if, to give us a little preview of, of yeah. uh, you know, bring us to where we are sitting right now in 20 words or less, meaning how'd you first get into sauna? Well, I can't put that in 20 words, <laughs> but um, I can describe where we're at a little bit more here in this hot room that you and I built, um, along with um, a team of volunteers And when we were founding the uh, 612 Sauna Society after launching the Kickstarter campaign to raise the money first to, uh, to build this unit. I guess this is where... Mm-hmm. Where uh, where that project started? Right on. And and the six one two was a uh, <clears throat> I would say not like a a point of a mountain, but a a point of a hill on top of a bigger mountain for you and sauna. And before we got to, before we get to the little bit of the hill, meaning the six one two sauna society, tell us about some of the early rolling uh, genesis. Uh, you went to school in Madison, and went to Europe, right? Yeah, yeah. In my junior year, I got to do a fellowship in uh, Helsinki, and um, that was in in the wintertime, my spring semester, and that was where I got my first dose of sauna, sauna and um, and really of sauna society, of of the way, um, you know, I've been in sauna, saunas before, but that was the first time being in a culture where there was, um, you know, it was part of a, the way people come to come into it and part of this like larger sensibility around hanging out and um, nature and just a whole kind of thread of um, experience that that I that really felt nourishing at the mm-hmm. time. And you were in college, so an impressionable age, what, 20, 21, that kind of age? Yeah, mm-hmm. but you know, I wouldn't say it was it wasn't really love at first sweat like I wasn't like just enthralled from the beginning I think a seed was planted at that time and um you know it was a good 
decade later before um, sauna resurfaced for me mm-hmm. um, in a in any significant in any significant way. Right on, right on. And uh, you reached out to me with uh, a budding interest in a mobile sauna, right? Yeah, that's right. I just uh, I remember sending. I remember being so surprised that you responded right away, and uh, I just had a few questions. And I remember um, finding your website, Sauna Times, and getting a response. And um, I don't know if it was you or me that suggested getting together for coffee, but I just remember next thing I knew, we were sitting at uh, Mayday Cafe talking about, um, you know, you were leading me down the, the path of the next step. And that was a, it's been a slippery slope. <laughs> so it's 2018 now, uh, not to put you on the spot, but what, what, how many years ago was that? I guess that was um, that was 2013, 13. 13, 14. The winter of it was the winter of 13, 14. Five years ago, I, I will say maybe it seems like yesterday, but then it seems like a decade ago. Yeah. A, a lot's a lot's happened. So uh, you and I collaborated. I helped you on that build. You you uh, went on Craigslist and bought a trailer, a, a kind of a, a tiny house project that was in midst of completion, and we you and I gutted it. That's right, and that's right. I remember as as we, um, it kind of became more and more of a sauna as that project went on. It kind of started as a mobile, uh, a tiny house or an office, and then and then um, very quickly became became clear that it was going to be the firehouse sauna. Tell us, uh, tell the listeners about um, <clears throat> the firehouse and uh, inviting guests uh, to to your sauna, and then ultimately you just said, "Ah, fuck it, I'm gonna have a sauna every night." Uh, that's how I remember it because it became so much work, as I remember—not work, but a labor of love. To once you had the sauna, to uh, invite and be a host. Uh, and I remember you telling me once, "Well, I'm just gonna have the thing running every night." That was about. 2013 2014 wasn't it yeah that was 20 that was 2014 the spring of 2014 i remember i was in the in the phillips neighborhood in south minneapolis and um yeah i started hosting and inviting people over on a pretty regular regular basis and one of the um i remember that what you're referring to it was a month where i declared it uh like sauna month or something and i just national sauna month yeah and it was just going to be hosting every night and i think where that came from was uh, I was inviting people. One thing you might experience if you are inviting people to do, you know, inviting people a lot is you get turned down a lot, <laughs> or not just or no show, or no show. But but the in, but even more than that is you get um, more than just a no or a no show. You kind of get this long explanation of why people are too busy and what they got going on and everything. And um, that that month, I remember just saying to make it simple and to kind of uh, just just make it more straightforward. I said, well, I'm just going to be out there every night. Um, I posted a spreadsheet, and um, that's why, where the Facebook page started. Six, uh, the, now it's Sauna Society Enthusiasts, but that just started as a way to, um, for those, so people could just, um, you know, find the sign up there, and if they needed to swap swap seats or whatever, they could just do it themselves. So there was some structure to it, even back then, with the National Sauna Month, where you did have some structure to bench reservations, even back then? Not really. No. Okay. <laughs> I mean, there was a Facebook page, and um, I think there was a, a sign-up sheet, and but it was it was it was pretty loose around yeah. around that. Yeah. Spot on. Yeah. And that was about the budding. At the period uh, where the idea of a more of a cooperative or a more of another build came about? 
Well, I think at no what came about next was the little box project actually. The next the next um chapter there was um uh, my good friends Molly Reichert and Andrea Johnson built a beautiful mobile sauna called Little Box, and they had built it with, um, um, I believe it was a placemaking grant, um, and they had the sauna, and I kind of had started this community and hosting, so we decided to team up, and um, I hosted the next season, that next winter, at Little Box. We teamed up with um, also the Musicant group, Max Musicant, who helped us um, do what we called residencies around the city. So we were kind of activating, um, you know, it was a, something for people to do in the wintertime, come out, and um, we were all around the city, Surly, um, Westminster, um, Blackbird Cafe. Those were some of the early spots. For listeners um, wanting to uh, learn a little bit more about Little Box, um, I interviewed uh, Andrea, and you can just search Little Box on the right-hand side of Sauna Times, and you can see the sauna that... Uh, JP is speaking about, and uh, JP hosted quite quite a number of saunas in the little box through these residencies all over Minneapolis, um, and that's where I would say the sauna ring uh, from a from a social side of things. Maybe the ring got quite a bit larger, where it wasn't just the the people you knew, but there were a lot of people coming to little box you didn't know. Yeah, yeah, and th- and that's where the the seed of oh, oh this this is wants to be this isn't just me and my friends um this is this is something that there's just a a much larger kind of attraction to um something that has resonance um you know on a bigger level than than what i had initially assumed right on right on so fast forward to 612 sound of society again if you search on sound of times you'll see quite a bit as a matter of fact there's a podcast uh, um, from the steering committee that John put together when we were right in the thick of things with the Kickstarter campaign. And I think it's a wonderful listen because you'll hear in other people's voice about uh, their passion towards sauna and, you know, JP bringing um, them together and creating the church. You know, the we were the choir, I, I say back then. I was on the steering committee as well, and we put this choir together of, of singers, a choir of singers of authentic sauna and um, the movement toward uh, a co-op. And uh, why the co-op, John? Why a co-op um, is, a, is a business model for the 612 Sauna Society? Uh, that's a really good question. Well, um, the inspiration for the co-op was, it was really inspired by, um, really inspired by the experience of, uh, of sauna itself, of uh, after hosting many, many, saunas um, and kind of just noticing you know there's a kind of a spectrum of experience that's available from just kind of a physiological oh that felt relaxing um, or sometimes you know it just helps clear your mind Um, and then sometimes like you know it's social and there's this element of of fun or connectedness that that gets added to that that layer of you know physiological well-being. There, then there's kind of this layer of, of of social community kind of just nourishment really. And um, for that for, for the first project, um, I wanted to I wanted it to be something that um, kind of grasped at that potential. And I didn't know that a co-op would. Um, 
and we're still figuring out, you know, what, what, what a co-op is and how it works. But the intention was to build something, to set a table, if you will, that really had the possibility to not just, you know, provide those nourishing ingredients, but it could be like an exquisite, inspiring um, example of what, what, had, what sauna can be and, and really what's kept, you know, what has maybe kept it alive for generation after generation. It's, it's not just the, the physical benefits, but there's also has this great potential as a, a way of gathering and for us to be inviting one another to share time and space in the wintertime and very dark, cold time. Yeah, right and, now. yeah. It gets dark about 4 o'clock right now here in Minneapolis, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what did you do for the last two hours? What were you doing? It's now, what, 6.30? On, a, on no, late November, one of the last days of November 2018, tell us about your last two hours. Not a trick question because I have no idea. <laughs> uh, well, we have a host host meeting tonight, so I was preparing the uh, hosting operations manual updates for uh, for our meeting tonight. How many hosts are part of the 612 Sauna Society? Uh, we have seven hosts. And these are this is a paid position. A host, uh, if I if I could paraphrase and grab the mic, but a host uh, responsibility has come over. Uh, unlock the 612 sauna, um, start the stove, wood-fired, uh, prep the area, like sort of get the outdoor zone uh, prepped through, you know, outdoor fire pit, chairs, uh, and welcome the guests. Is that, did I paraphrase it pretty good? Yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly it. The hosts are doing just that. There are on-the-ground, on-the-ground, um, People who are making sure that everybody's everybody's comfortable and, and safe and um, and just keeps things flowing, you know, keeps things in a nice flow. Here, there's a, a sauna. Kind of the difference between it's a small, tight space. So having somebody who just kind of can keep things moving um, really helps things feel right. Right on, right on. And I'll I'll uh, I'll um, put an asterisk on the small, tight space. Now I've built. I don't know, maybe 10 saunas, and I help many hundreds build their own saunas. And if I had a dollar for every time somebody um, uh, wants to build a sauna that's too big, I think I could buy um, a few cases of beer for the, for the gathering tonight. Um, I find that saunas are often overbuilt, especially a hot room. Um, we're only in the hot room for 10, 15 minutes. And then we want to encourage the cool down, the hanging out, maybe in what's called the changing area, in that temperate zone. And by all means, you know, the vibe outside, in nature, you know, being critical. So, you know, when one has a sauna party with 10 people, very rarely are 10 people in that hot room at one time. So I get you. It is relatively small compared to, say, a boardroom or a conference room. But, you know, this unit here that we're sitting in, the 612 sauna, it's, uh, what, 8 feet wide? Is it 24? Uh, the full length? 20, 26 to the, to the yeah. V. Yeah. Our hot room, and I know because I was one of the main builder in here, I'm looking at it, it's uh, 8 foot left to right, 10 foot 6, 10 8, something like that. Is that what we decided? Yeah, yeah I, think it, I think it's 10, I want to say 10, 10 feet 7 inches. That's what right. I want. So I want to go back to when we were building this thing. So the Kickstarter campaign funded, and I felt there was a gun to our head. I don't know what the critical deadline was but there was a sense with every sauna build that i'm involved in there seems to be a, a sense of urgency and that's okay there's a you know it, the work you know what is it part is it whose law is that where work fills to the time available parkinson's law maybe something like that 
or maybe I just got Parkinson's and can't remember it. But, but yeah, work fills to the time available. And um, we had urgency. We had volunteers. It was JP uh, being JP. I mean, JP at his best, uh, organizing volunteers coming over. I was the primary builder of this hot room here where we are. I'm looking at it right now. And I got to tell you, maybe it was just the spirit of collaboration, but um, I'd be hard pressed to change anything in this hot room. I think given the functionality of what this is, what this does, how many people uh, it hosts, you know, in terms of the hot room space, as well as a generous changing room, you're always getting people's boots and hats and clothes and towels and water bottles. Um, but there's a good flow here, isn't there, John? Yeah, there's there's really nothing I'd change either about about the, this one. Yeah, I want to uh, ask you about uh, the JP rule of collaborating amongst three. Do you want to speak to that, or or should I dive into that one? We were chatting on that recently. <laughs> yeah, we were chatting about it last night at the at the Krungabin concert. Right. On. Yeah. In a good environment, by the way, at First Avenue with awesome sound. There was eight, there was a thousand people there last night, and the last time you saw them, there was one hundred. I looked it up at the Seventh Street entry. So, yeah. the great band, great sauna band. We're going to get them on the bench at some point. That's a intention that you and I are each setting. But back to the collaboration of three. Do you want to speak to that? Go for it. Go. Oh, you got to make me do it. Yeah. Well, okay. So back to the sauna build, right? So it was. A classic winter, uh, you know, probably what, December, January, I think it was like zero degrees outside, and there you are with a table saw and a chop saw, and you got some volunteers, and we're building benches, building doors, and then, you know, there's a, a wonderful thing that came out of that, um, you know, through, uh, um, through, through again, collaboration with Michael, uh, the architect, and uh, shout out to Michael. Shout out to Michael Gordon, yeah, yeah. And where's he work? Um, I think he's still with uh, AWH Architects. Right on. Yeah, he also right. does a lot of his own. Um, I think he does some of his own freelancing as well. Yeah, and he was quite an intimidating soul for a, for an amateur Yahoo builder like me, showing up with drawings and CAD drawings and all that. So I was a bit outnumbered. It was two to one at that point with well, yeah, J. Virginia. Give him an extra shout out too, because I mean he was so gracious with uh, you know working with you know working with us and working with all of our volunteers. Yeah. You know, just showing up and yeah. kind of. Helping us make the most of whatever we could get done in a night. Exactly. So you have this gla classic showdown of builder, call it me, who's built a bunch and uh, thinks there's a way to do it. And then the other, call it spectrum, the other side, you have, uh, you know, a, a schooled architect with official drawings and this and that. And then you got JP in the middle wanting to get it done. And of course, wanting to get it done in the most elegant, beautiful uh, way. So this sort of, uh, the term field verification came about, which really lit a little, and you can search that on Sound of Times too. It's a post and, um, <clears throat> and I love it. I love field verification. There's this beautiful balance of what's on paper and what's going on uh, during the process. And there was some decisions to be made, sort of, we got to know, like, are we doing this or are we doing that? And there, JP would stand in, a, in his pensive way, and uh, I'd be asking or telling, and he would usually bring in a third party to help with the decision. And I found that's a nice little leadership technique where you can never have a tie with three people choosing and deciding, correct? Yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't. I don't know how uh, you say it as if it's kind of a, a strategy, uh, an intentional strategy. I think it just kind of came. It kind of evolved yeah. out of the process of just having to navigate a lot of 
decisions that I didn't really know the best answer for. And it just kind of helps, well, it helps kind of move along the conversation, right? It just doesn't get so locked between that. Like, mm -hmm. just because I suggested this and you suggested that, um, those don't need to be positions. And I find that that third person yeah. kind of helps turn it into more of a conversation. Spot on. So, John, do you think we would need a third person to answer this question? What's better, off gas or off gas, and why? <laughs> off gas, for sure. Okay. Tell us a little bit about your experience with off gas and the Ewing Hotel specifically, if you want to dive in there. Sure, sure. Uh, well, off the off gas. Uh, it's a German um, steam tradition and a relatively new tradition from what I've what I've learned, I think from maybe just as far back as the 70s. Um, but it's a practice that's very common in all of the public saunas, which there are a lot of in Germany, um, many of which they call Therma, I believe, and or Therme. And um, the sauna host brings the room up to, uh, well, it's already up to temp, but they add steam. So they're adding humidity to the room, which makes it feel much warmer um, to, the, to the person who's sitting there because you can't sweat as much. So it makes the room feel hotter because it makes it harder to regulate your, your temperature properly. So the art of it, um, they also use aromatherapy um, essential oils and the art of it is really increasing the intensity of the experience, but um, through this, through the application of steam, you're doing it in this really kind of soft, gentle way that enables people to kind of really kind of melt into the intensity a little bit more. So it's like the, rather than it kind of getting too hot and you kind of clenching up and trying to fight the heat, it's kind of a way of um, relaxing into the heat. And I just really fell in love with it as a way to, um, kind of facilitate and guide and experiment with what I think is some very core physiology there to the to what it is that um, draws people to this practice of sauna and really to all the sweat bathing traditions of which saunas, uh, you know, it's just one. There's the Russians call it banya, of course, the Native American sweat lodge, the Turkish hammam. You know, these all have a common thread of activating the thermoregulatory system and people um, bringing their bodies into some um, some equilibrium through through temperature um, exposing themselves to hot and then cold and there's something very um, very invigorating and very mentally it, it, it's a it's a way to really kind of clean your clean the slate a little bit and physically it feels wonderful you know that it circulates a lot of blood yeah. and there's um yeah you can get a question yeah. no no i was gonna just chime in on that it's a it's a great point uh, one of the um commonalities i guess you could say about an office session um is with the native american sweat lodge and the temescal from the mayan culture amongst others is the idea of a guide uh, a process through uh the hot room session. Uh, many saunas and all the sauna experience that I've had from, you know, Russia and Finland uh, and that uh, tradition is, hey, when you're, when you're hot, you leave. When you're cold, you come back in. But there is um, a real nice um, guiding uh, element to Ofkis and in joining in a couple of your sessions at the Ewing Hotel. Um, people have remarked about that. Hey, they just had a busy day at work. They don't want to think. 
they want to come in. And it kind of reminds me of like uh, the yoga, a yoga session in a group dynamic, as well as this bicycle business, Peloton, you know, where you can log in. You're at your home, but you log in through the Peloton system and you join in on bicycle classes. So there is a, a group element to Ofkis, isn't there? Yeah, there's there's that, and then um, there, also I think something that that you're speaking to is um, in countries where sauna there is sauna culture or banya culture or, or you know they have their own bath culture. Um, it's not as needed to have somebody kind of tell you what to do. But here we're really um, kind of rediscovering the the sauna as a as a common practice. It's not new um, by any means to these parts, but it has. Um, kind of just fall into the wayside, especially in the urban environment. So I think that's another thing that um, reason that the um, Ofka sessions is that we're um, I'm hosting at the Hewing Hotel um, with uh, Sauna Society uh, Outfitters is uh, I think that's another reason that they've been popular is that they're just kind of we're starting to build that culture and to bring it back to the um, it's the same reason that I think the co-op is um, an exciting model for where we're at, where we're at here um, in terms of Minneapolis, Minnesota, you know, 2018. We're not, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to preserve and share a tradition like the Finnish sauna tradition. I'm trying to um, discover what this, this tradition is here and now using the elements um, from the traditions that have come before. Um, but you know, taking what works, and this is what's kept it alive for thousands of years, and that's what why you find different variations in different parts of the world. People have been, you know, tweaking that basic experience of, of sweat bathing, heating, heating up and cooling down, working with that just healing physiology, and adapting it to their time and place. And in thinking about what does that mean here yeah, for yeah. us, for us in this time and place, that's where um, I came to the co-op of a way of engaging people in a way that's very, um, I think, uh, real, right? You're actually, you actually own the business. So every night we're putting it all on the line here. You know, there's, this is a totally new, new thing. It's a, it's a, there's nothing like it. There's no other um, places like this in town. And when you come here, um, you know, you're usually here with a few, about 30% of the people are actually owners of the space. So we're, you're, there's a different level of, um, kind of accountability and also ownership, pride, excitement, um, hospitality that, that that comes with. Right on, right on, John. Uh, this is round one. We're doing pretty damn good. Um, uh, I got a nice sweat going. We're going to toss some water on the rocks. John, have a little water. I'm going to ask you a couple of rapid-fire questions. Uh, for oh, One more thing I wanted to just put a plug in, um, what John was speaking about with the... Um, Sauna culture from around the world. I would love to steer you guys, if you haven't heard of Mikel Olin. Um, he's on Sauna Talk. You can search for my interview with Mikel and his book, Sweat. Uh, Mikel is doing some wonderful um, uh, film work around the world for a series soon to be launched about sweat bathing as a world practice. So a little plug on that. Hey, John, yeah, shoot. Before we hit this last round, I just wanted to kind of like wrap up that last, Please that last do. comment on... Um, you know, so the the ownership that, you know, why the co-op? Well, in a place where we're really trying to, to, to create a culture and to create a tradition, 
um, this enables us to, you know, kind of create a season together. You know, you, we've kind of walked through some of the history, the first year in my backyard, the next year with Little Box. Last year, um, you know, it was really, you know, Surly and American Swedish Institute. And every year we kind of learn more and we kind of discover what we want this to be. And this year we're discovering what we want this to be, like what's possible. And we don't know it yet. We don't know what the potential, what the, like the optimal experience for the people who are signing up to be a part of this. We're discovering that together. And, 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 and that is, I think, an appropriate um, kind of uh, arrangement, posture, or organization for trying to figure out how to share this type of, you know, not just an experience, but tradition in a way that's dynamic and alive and not, you know, preserved under um, some kind of um, misguided notions of protecting, um, protecting tradition. Mm -hmm. We're creating tradition, living tradition, discovering it together. So, John, there's something about your DNA that's gravitating, has gravitated toward hosting. <clears throat> the idea of us being a Saunameister, um, a host. Um, if you had to guess, and I'm putting you on the spot, how many sauna sessions have you hosted since the beginning, since your sauna? Let's call it since 2013, when your sauna was up and running, uh, moving forward into Little Box and moving forward uh, now as, call it lead hoster, I would have to say, as uh, chief firewood officer for the 612, and now having, I hate to use the word disciples because they're not, they're right in there with us. They are, they are hired, trained stokers. Um, they are uh, imperative to the operation of the 612 Sauna Society because it's just not JP hosting saunas. I mean, this is bigger than that. Um, so, Got a number, roughly speaking, John? Well, I'm glad you, you know, brought up the Stokers, and that's that volunteer core that really got us, you know, really launched, um, launched things last year. And now we have the hosting, um, the hosting team because we're just open so much, so regularly, and need more of a consistent, um, you know, consistent staff. Um, but the volunteers, and that's just this hospitality um, aspect of of the organization is so important and you know that's what we're yeah. figuring out now is what the next iteration is going to look like with the delegation of things to a paid paid staff and now what type of space does that free up for member owners and volunteers yeah. on the hospitality spectrum but to stop dodging your question you're not putting us by you told me you you might ask me that one so i, I did some back in the envelope number crunching um before i came over um i estimate around five thousand. And these aren't five thousand uh, sauna rounds taken by people. These are this is a five thousand dollar or five thousand days. Yeah, five thousand day commitments of days. So five thousand days, you could say even. No, you can't. You can't because it's it's number of guests. Oh, five thousand guests. Right, yeah. Five thousand guests. Okay, very yeah. good. Now here's an on the spot question. Rough estimate. Rough estimate. So okay, so if you were to back that out, you could say average numbers of guests just by just say math at five. So that would be maybe about uh, about twenty five hundred sound. No, that would be less than that. About about a thousand songs. Don't put me on the spot doing math in a sauna. <laughs> no, no, I know the numbers, but I would say a thousand sauna sessions yeah. you've hosted. As as the Saunameister, at least a thousand, right? That sounds about right. Right on. Yeah. Right on. Okay, so so now here's the leading question off of that one. If you had to 
pick one sauna session out of these out of a thousand that you've hosted that kind of encapsulates, summarizes, maybe even a, a story or um, an anecdote that is the opposite of what the intention was. Is there something that comes to mind in these thousand sauna sessions that you've hosted that that you'd like the audience to to hear a story at all? Well, uh... You can pass because I got. Well, I, I'm I'm not going to pass, but I'm going to kind of change it a little bit. I, and you know, so we're we're going to sit in the sauna t- right now, and we're we're having another one tonight with the hosts. And to me, the best one is the next one, the one coming up. Right? It, yeah. it it's such a great thing to. We talked about it this morning. You know, having that to look forward to at the at the end of your day, in the way that it kind of uh, you know can can align your. Um, just align your attention for uh, whatever bit of time you have to look forward to it. Yeah. That that's my favorite. Yeah, uh, I love it, and song. and that may be the answer to my one of my rapid fire questions that I ask all guests is, <clears throat> as you think about like, here it is Wednesday, and you know you're going to be taking a sauna. So from when you wake up until tonight when you go to bed, uh, what is your favorite part of a sauna session? Um, the anticipation, the leading up to. Round one, the cool down, the cold rinse. Um, is there, uh, generally speaking, is there a favorite part of a sauna session for you, and and what is it? Well, that's a, kind of a. I know the answer. It's hard to describe because it changes each session, but and it doesn't always happen. But in a good, a really good sauna, a good round, um, at some point there's this you just kind of are able to come into the moment in a way that you notice you weren't before, right? And sometimes that's just the quality of the heat that just uh, helped you crack that, <laughs> crack your back in just the way that you needed. Sometimes it's the comment that one of your friends just kind of knows, noticed something that, you know, really helps you step outside of whatever it was that was kind of, uh, kind of, keeping you from showing up the way that maybe you now think is possible. So that's the moment. And it's elusive, too. It, and, and that's the reason that I think I love hosting, is it's elusive, but it's not... Um, it's something worth kind of paying attention to. And whether it's organizing uh, a structure, a co-op structure around it, or in... Uh, the event, um, the actual reservation click-through, or just the greeting that somebody receives, um, being able to engineer, or not engineer, but support an experience where that kind of um, just breakthrough, breakthrough, or that kind of just that moment of noticing happens, there are things you can do to um, kind of increase the likelihood that, that, that that can find a way into the evening for you. And part of why I love doing what you talked about before, which is like it's really fun to look forward to it a little bit ahead of time, is because it gives you a little bit more of a runway on that. You know, it gives you a little bit more to work with. Um, and I found that that's a really important ingredient of welcoming that kind of, uh, well, you just called it breakthrough, but welcoming that kind of adjustment, let's call it, yeah. that kind of adjustment into the session. You, you To interject on that, you've uh, just to dive deeper. I got yeah. rapid three more rapid fires, and I'd love to get them out before round one. Or we can yeah. go. No, do you want to go sit out and finish? No, rapid fire. Rapid, rapid fire, fire him. Yeah. Uh, we step well, out, 
Good, good. I love your spirit on that one. I love it, man. For sure. Yeah, yeah. So uh, diving one step deeper before I go to the next rapid fire question, um, obviously with over a thousand saunas hosted, you've probably had uh, less than ideal situations where maybe the energy of the sauna is less than ideal. Uh, people are showing up and they're carrying an extra burden of stress. Maybe the traffic was really rough to get to the sauna session, uh, strangers amongst the crowd. Uh, so the, the cards are stacked a little bit against JP as sauna meister host. Um, what is a tip, technique, trick um, that helps you get the group uh, in that moment, to find that uh, place of, of connectivity or locking into um, yeah. letting go with the sauna. You know, that's where just the everybody else, you know, if it were just if just me doing everything I could to, to, get, that, to, to get that done, um, I think I would have, that would have wore out a long time ago. But what I've found is, you know, whether it's you or the other, you know, the other hosts, the other co-op members, um, you know, or the guests at the, uh, other people come in and kind of add an element, add something that's just needed in a way that, uh, you know, you couldn't really have anticipated. Mm. I mean, just meeting you is a great example of that. And the way that that, you know, enabled the, the just the next step. I think not thinking too far in advance um, in the moment, right? So yeah, just like, what's, ne what's needed next? Yeah. And then letting it, Letting it appear in a way yeah. that you maybe didn't expect. No forcing, letting it be. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you have to, like, really, you know, it's like paying attention all the time, but then when it comes down to it and you know what's possible and kind of the willingness to not compromise either, you know, and just if it's not, sometimes it just doesn't, sometimes it doesn't, it doesn't happen. That's what makes it special when it does, right? Sometimes, sometimes it's just a hot, kind of a hot room that was better than, better than um outside. the couch the couch <laughs> but outside of the couch or the bar hey i gotta interject so the hewing the other night so i want to encourage you folks again on the right hand side of soundoftimes.com search bar search hewing hotel you'll get a flavor of what jp is curating down at the hewing hotel rooftop sauna um just a great vibe uh it's a it's amazing how there's this whole um connection going on down there where it's a Friday night and there's a new uh, flavor going on. It's not like happy hour, let's get hammered. It's let's, these people are like into their health, into their well-being, into real connection and stuff. And I think that's part of a flavor of what's happening down there. Uh, you, can you speak to that? Yeah, it's, it's another, just like here, this is um, what I think we're speaking to a little bit when, it, when we're talking about you know, it coming, you know, the special, the special ingredients kind of appearing from the environment or from your collaborators mm -hmm. is we're starting to notice like sauna society, you know, what, what happened, you know, when it starts to kind of bloom a little bit. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's, uh, and that's happening at the hewing that's happening here at the, at the trailhead. Um, we're, you know, tending to these experiences the best we can and then putting, the intention and the welcome out there that uh, we we need we need help making this happen every night. We need help creating this, and I think that that's um, you know this is another question I, I uh, see on your rapid fire list. There is you know what's one of the biggest misconceptions, and I think one of the biggest misconceptions that I experience is um, an overestimation of how very um, 
likely all of this is to fail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. like we have had an amazing track record here since mm-hmm. we've started since we've started hosting and just creating this momentum and it's a lot of it's a lot of people doing a lot of small wonderful things that end up stacking up to another night's night and you know this is one of the things that I think we start seeing in you know in like a group like the uh, the the co-op is um, we're not used to things that we have to organizations communities that um, you know, there really is, we're really not entitled to them being spectacular. Um, we're really not entitled to them happening at all. And they can be, but for that very reason, they can be so much more than like, like getting your money's worth. They can be uh, something very, uh, very different and more spectacular. So John, if you could take a sauna with anybody in the world, dead or alive, past or present, um, who would you choose? Anyone come to mind? First, uh, first thought come to your mind. The first one that comes to my mind is just because uh, it actually just happened last week. I got to sauna with um, uh, Stephen Jenkinson, who's uh, an author and um, a speaker and teacher and somebody who um, I learned about his work through Margie, Margie Weaver, um, who kind of turned me on to just what he's um, what he's supporting out there in the world and and seeing a lot of what's beautiful and um, worthwhile about this project um, in what he what he's trying to help people um, kind of navigate and he got to come and he was on the road and doing a tour and um, just got to come and experience the sauna it was very we didn't get a chance. We didn't chat very much. It was just a, a, a really straightforward sauna session, more or less. And there's like looking back now, it's like, oh my gosh, there's so much I wanted to ask him or say. And then I said that one thing, and it did it sound a little too uh, whatever. Um, but you know, what would you have liked to have asked him if you had the opportunity? I don't even know. But yeah. you just have that expectation of, uh, right. I know, a once in a lifetime opportunity. You know, what do you, what do you do with it? Well. Mm-hmm try to just be happy with uh you know we yeah. we we made we we got to share the sauna together and we got to just be there and um yeah that'll that'll be enough i got one more john and then i gotta cool down this has been good uh mobile sauna it it's right in your dna it's right in my dna we are on the cusp of some awesome mobile sauna if you could bring a mobile sauna anywhere in the world where would you choose well, again, I don't like this question. The reason I don't like it is because everything I'm trying to do right now is so we don't have to choose one spot, even if it's the best spot. I mean, there's no reason why there can't be dozens of just awesome sauna experiences, you know, public, private, you know, friends inviting you over. There's no reason this can't be available in just so many ways and so many places that um, have their own unique charm and unique time and place to be like exactly the right place to be sweating on a given on a given night and you know the co-ops one front i'm still hosting at the firehouse now um starting to expand the program at the hewing now we're working on new mobile sauna build with you and rod rod burrsmith um so yeah i mean i don't want to choose i'm kind of got all my cards on uh let's not choose let's create a bunch of a bunch of awesome experiences and enjoy them all 
So, John, uh, I'll put links in the show notes. How can people find you and any other statements, thoughts um, for the listening audience on uh, Sound of Talk? Uh, the way to find everything that I'm working on is to go to Sauna Society Outfitters. Um, have a newsletter there that I post links to um, all of the sauna happenings in, in the Twin Cities and, uh, and, and elsewhere that I just think are interesting and worth checking out. Um, including the co-op here, including the hewing, and um, including a bunch of pop-up um, opportunities. A little uh, thing I just learned is I think Little Box is going to be back in rotation this winter. So as soon as I learn the details of that, I'll uh, include that in there. John, I want to thank you very much. I don't mean to rush this along. Part of the beauty of Sound of Talk is we can get into this long form, but I'm only constrained by my need for cool down. So we just left the hot room, and we're going to get the endorphins rushing. And uh, JP, thanks. This is long overdue. How long have we been planning this chat? It feels like over a year. Yeah, and a lot of it's on me. I, uh, I'm all bogged down with this garage band, upload, Libsyn, blah, blah, blah. There will be an easier way to launch these things, but I'm not whining. I really enjoy it. It's just such a pleasure to bring you guys, uh, John Peterson, 612 Sauna Society, Sauna Society Outfitters, and all the great rising tide lifting with sauna all over. Mm-hmm.